The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. We welcome our online listeners this morning. For those of you who have been tracking with us, we have been on an identity series from the textbook 77 Identity Truths for the Seven Areas of Life. In that series, we've been covering the seven applications. Someone want to quickly quote those seven applications? First one's repentance, obedience, identification, discipline, fruit, vision and victory. Okay, Mike, here is the the practical elements of the answer to your question. An indwelt believer, someone who has the life of Christ living inside them, it is repentance. Do you hear them repenting to people and to God on a regular basis? If the person says no, or the people observing that person says no, forget the rest. Because nothing comes without repentance. Nothing. Two. Identification. You would think identification would come before repentance, but you can't discover your identity in Christ unless you repent. You got to give up your former stuff. So repent, then identification in Christ, and then what? Discipline. It's coming. So you repent, and then. After you repent, you understand who you are in Christ. After you understand who you are in Christ, then you have to hear him and obey or begin to have discipline in your life. Where do we go from there? The fruit is always down the road because that's what's supposed to come out of. Water has actually life inside of it. There is life inside water. The song we were singing earlier about the living water coming from the throne, that is a rich water that by drinking of that cup, it literally transformed our entire lives. Just one sip of that cup of living water. God gives us the answers in everyday life in the measurement of how we're supposed to live. Just tiny little dainty morsels of truth that communicate the full gospel of living water pouring out of the throne, running into the river of life, and the river of life, we grab those cups, we dip down inside, and we drink of that life. And God said in Romans, for I gave you the natural things to understand the supernatural. So when something's going wrong with your body, or you're not drinking enough water, the wrong kind of water, etc., etc. God's communicating to you through water, through vegetables, through... And if you don't listen, and you snub him, and you snub the leadership, whether it is your wife or pastor or whoever, to guide and direct... It's going to reap death. Just give it a little time. And that's the answer. People cannot be told what to do today. They can't. I don't care how religiously spiritual you call yourself. The majority of the indwelt Christians walking the face of the earth cannot be told what to do. 
They can if it's easy, but they cannot if it requires a great sacrifice. So let's look at our paragraph to start out. This is number 48 for our podcast listeners. Number 48, we're still under the topic of spiritual gifts. And this is part two of 48. These manifestations are delivered by the sovereign hand of God. Someone share with me one of the statements in the Godship list about sovereignty. It's not in your notes. You'd have to do it from your memory. Exercising sovereign independence over your life, other people's lives, or God himself. That is like having your own Bible written that you wrote growing up saying, I don't care what you say, sovereign one, I've already written out my script. I'd rather obey the devil than you. Do you understand that our flesh is an exact replica of Satan? And when we walk after our flesh, you're saying, I would rather listen to what the devil is saying than to listen to what you have to say. That is how arrogant that Godship statement is. I will have sovereign independence and control over my life. Truth being said, the scriptures are telling us it is God the Sovereign One. You can take a person who thinks they're hearing God, they think that they're obedient to God, they think that they're in tune with God, and God can ask them to do something very, very difficult. And that will be the test of that person's obedience. We learn obedience, someone finished the verse, through the things we suffered. It actually says Christ learned obedience through the things that we suffer. But most of us, when we suffer, we run. We don't run into the problem, we run away from it. And then we ask God to bless our decisions of running. Good luck at that. All Christians receive manifestations. The more willing the Christian, the more manifestations there are for them. The less willing the believer, the more a manifestation is passed on to someone who is willing. So you have 20 people gathered in a prayer circle. And God actually in his mind, through the mind of Christ, in the Holy Spirit inside you, decides to heal that person. There are 20 people gathered around this person in prayer. And these 20 people are so conservative and reserved that they dare not step out to God and say, Use me, O Lord. When he has actually selected you to do the prayer of faith. To bring healing to that person. But no, you bypass it. You bypass that manifestation. You pass it on to someone else in the group that's a little more spiritual. And that's exactly what God does. He moves his his hand around that circle until he finds someone who is willing to hear the voice of God and obey. When I was in that Kampala prison that day and God told me to put my notes away and he would not let up on me until my notes were out of my Bible put underneath my chair. And there I'm sitting through worship, trying to focus on whatever it was they were singing. And I was distracted by the simple fact of, I don't know what I'm going to teach. Here God is throwing my notes away again, and he's leaving me hanging. 
The interpreter says, you're on. So we get up on this little homemade stage and I've got a microphone and he's got a microphone and we start preaching away, but there was nothing coming out of my mouth. And he said I stalled out for an extended period of time and then all of a sudden it shot forth. And I started preaching to these, these inmates of their rebellion against President Museveni, who I had come to be friends with. And his conversion, supposedly to Christianity, certainly his wife's conversion, they were wanting to spread Christianity throughout all of Uganda, which they have done, by the way. Uganda is considered the most truly Christian nation in the entire world today. And this was way before that took place. And there was a word of prophecy coming out of my mouth rebuking these men in this prison for defying their leader. And then I noticed these Muslims, there are two or three hundred of them down at the other end of the square. And I noticed slowly we started getting them from our, to our side, which started out as 15 Christians. And now we have all those Muslims. And I saw the imam walking across the square by himself. Then it turned into a preaching competition. He would say something, I would say something. And then the Lord gave me these words. Here is a manifestation about ready to happen that the devil himself knew there were going to be converts. And God asked me to say, there's an antichrist in your midst. I don't know if you know much about the Muslims, but you don't put that title with being Muslim or you're dead. Because their whole goal and ambition is to kill off the European Antichrist. That's their mission. And so here I was, fighting this, warring with this, and my life literally passed in front of me. And finally, I said, yes, Lord, I will give my life today for you. Because he asked me, will you give your life today? Say it. And after I said yes to the God of the yes, my interpreter said I went into a 10-minute preach that I have no memory to this very day what I preached. None. He had to tell me. When I came out of that 10-minute zone, there was groanings, manifestations of demons, people crying out and I asked the interpreter what's going on here and he said they're begging for your God see that was the fruit that came out of God moving to see who was going to be willing to do something that was beyond human reason and logic I just wanted to do my job that the that the president asked me to go in there and do some preaching in the Kapala prison, get it, get her done and go home. And that was not what God had in store. We need to have an attitude of, Lord, here I am, send me. And this is why it appears that God is picking favorites. He's not picking favorites. He's simply picking willing vessels. And the rest of you, he's going to let you blow by until you're dead. You see what I'm saying? He will not intrude upon your emergent minds of rebellion. He won't. He's too much of a gentleman. People accuse God of being ruthless because he's going to send 90% of the entire human race that was ever born to hell. One thing we're not calculating in that formula is your decision not to hear God and respond to his touch. He knows tomorrow, so therefore he knows he's going to snub him tomorrow. So therefore his sovereign hand and mercies in mind already knows the percentages. He knows who's going to choose salvation 32 years from today. He already knows. 
But I am telling you this, even as a born-again, indwelt believer, he will let you go emergent until you're dead. Because the choice on our part is the eagle opening up his wings and setting the wings to catch the wind. That's the eagle's job. Open his wings and set his wings. The rest is up to the movement of the wind. Your job as an indwell believer is to open up your opinions and set them in motion, to be moved by the Holy Spirit any direction that wind blows, without effort. God is interested in getting his work done, and that's the final facts. In general, manifestations are given by the moment, and moment by moment, according to the need that God sees, not according to the need that you see. So these manifestations are not to be thought of as residing gifts, gifts that stay with you 24 hours a day like occupational gifts. If I have the gift of prophecy, that stays with me 24-7. But manifestations don't stay with me 24-7. If I believe that they do stay for 24-7 and I laid my hands on someone and someone comes back to life, which happened to me once, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to have a ministry of bringing people back from the dead. Or one time God calls me forward to lay hands on someone that they may physically recover from an ailment and if I believe that manifestation is a occupational gift guess what I have to do I have to start a ministry of healing and if I laid hands on someone to cast out a demon which I've done many times and a demon comes out of someone and I believe that that's not a manifestation but that is an occupational, guess what I have to do? Start a ministry of casting out demons. It's called a deliverance ministry. I have listeners listening right now in countries that actually have deliverance ministries. Because they have converted manifestation gifts into occupational gifts. Folks, stay with me on this. Listen very carefully. There is no ministry of music. There is no ministry of deliverance. There is no ministry of healings. There is no ministries of any of those manifestations. What about that group standing before Jesus Christ and, and they say, But Lord, we... What? We cast out demons. We had a deliverance ministry our entire adult lives. And then he says, well, the, we did miracles in your name. We had a miracle ministry. I just find it interesting in that passage that there's a reference to manifestations. Not occupations. What's Jesus' conclusion? Oh, I'm sorry I was wrong. About you. I didn't realize you had a successful ministry of music and deliverance and miracles. I'm sorry I was wrong. He says, be gone from me, you wicked and evil generation, for I know you not. This is not proof you're saved. And I listen very carefully to see if people sign God's name to manifestations by turning them into ministries to get money and influence and known among the gates of heaven. Fact is, I know you not. Occupation needs manifestation. They are a marriage. 
and they must work together. There's one ministry the New Testament has given us. Someone please tell us what that is. The ministry of reconciliation. These manifestations belong to God. They are God's personal tools in the Holy Spirit to do his work of service in and through the believer. I get sick to my stomach hearing these churches talk about Jesus Christ like they are his best friend. Shannon read me a very short, I don't know how short the article was, of a local church and their hierarchy. And Shannon, what did they announce this week? That they're going to accept gay pastors as pastors, male or female, and that they can also marry lesbian or any type of homosexual couple, and it's acceptable practice. They're also voting on whether it's, or to change the wording in the Constitution to marriage is between two people instead of Okay. Of course, that's not much of a shock to us because we've seen it in the news, we've read about it in papers, we've, it's really not that new to us, right? Janie, what does it say about homosexuals? They won't go to heaven. Do you understand the twist in the great exchange for the local church? What has happened? Those who go, are going to hell are going to be sanctioned not as church members but as leaders to lead the fallen race. That's the danger of that decision this week. I grew up with this denomination that he spoke of. It strikes home personally. My home church pulled away from this denomination because they saw this coming 20 years ago. It was being discussed. Most are going to blow through this thing like it was a hiccup in the local church history timeline. My guess is it doesn't even bother some of you. Because you're so conditioned to the constant talking about it that you're like, what can we do? There's a lot that can be done. I'm telling you what, you could be in a conversation and God decides to manifest through you in such a way that will divide the, the, the goats from the sheep. And you think because they're rejecting you on the spot and you walk away from the conversation that they're simply going to be filled with hate toward you and never do anything about it. But you don't know that one year from now when they're laying in bed having a nightmare of what has happened to their church and regretting their adoption of such false demonic doctrines could break them. And whose words will they fall back on? Those of Jesus Christ? Probably not. We remember words of men, not words of Christ. That's why God uses the words, spiritual thoughts, spiritual words to put seeds in the minds of the people because it may be two to five years down the road before the Holy Spirit brings that to the front. And it'll just dissolve them right there on the spot. Word of wisdom, here's our definition. Word of wisdom is seen as the instant insight that comes through a revelation. A special manifestation of spirit that God gives to deliver his message to the saved and the unsaved. Best applied to specific situation or need that has arisen in the body of Christ. Here we have instant messaging. Is there anyone here that does not understand how instant messaging works? 
So you type out a text. Where does it go from there? Do you know there's graven imagery in this room? Do you know those evil videos, visual images traveling by us all the time to reach someone's telephone? Nasty text messages being sent from one teenager to another teenager and it's flying by you. You can't see it. And it takes split seconds for it to leave that phone to go to a satellite, come back down and reach another phone. And no one seems to be bothered by that. Truth being said... This kind of instant messaging is faster than any technology man will ever come up with. And our technology right now is very, very, very... You think 4G is fast? You should hear what they're talking about. Introducing to our technical world. God is faster still. Instant messaging. All it needs is simply a built-in antenna to receive that message. That's it. What is that antenna? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has absolutely zero rebellion to Jesus Christ. Zero. Guaranteed, instantly receiving that message. Where does the rebellion occur? Have you ever opened up a text message and it's already obviously in your phone because it's fighting to get through to you? Sometimes it comes, comes across as Chinese. Mine even kind of blinks once in a while because it's fighting getting that message to show up in printed form on my phone. That's where the rebellion occurs. Between the mind of Christ inside you and your mind, which transposes it into spiritual words. Instantly. So we have a bunch of outdated telephones that are not caught up with the intelligence and the... the, level of instant messaging or technology, want to use that term, from God. Using analog and we're in a digital world. That's where most Christians are. They can't even get that message to come forth because they're so used to functioning in self-effort that they never get it. Purpose Through a word of wisdom, the Spirit of God indicates how to apply his insights and knowledge to a person's life or situation. God is able to get to the heart of the problem quickly. When this kind of wisdom is spoken, the receiver typically knows he or she has heard from God. Guys, I'm telling you, that is the basis of any question you can ask about the church. If I sat down with the presbytery of this denomination and said, uh, could I please talk to the person that heard from God that we should accept not only homosexuals as Christians, but have homosexual pastors? Could I please speak to this person? Because I'd like to discern out whether they're an antichrist. Could you lead me to this person? They will not lead you to such a person. They don't want to introduce you to the person that texted out that that message initially. And that's exactly how the world works. If you think that you can walk up to the most powerful person in the world and say, could you please lead me to the Antichrist? Do you even know what countries he's in? I need to talk to him. I need to find out if this guy's off his rocker. Will they lead us to him? Of course they won't. Is he he alive and well today? Of course he is. So that scripture we talked about for the spirit searches all things. 
even the depths of God. The Spirit is searching your mind right now. And the Spirit could give that understanding to any person in this room to help them. That's how it works. When this type of manifestation occurs, the whole body knows that God has spoken. Jesus used this with the woman at the well. Did the woman at the well tell Jesus she had been married five times? No. In fact, the reason why Jesus was hated so much is because you couldn't stand in front of this man without being read like a book. And people were intimidated. And they're like, I don't want to stand in front of this guy because he's going to read my mail. So they avoided him. They cursed him. They made up rumors about him. They finally, ultimately got him on a tree, hanging there, bleeding out, because he's a liar. No, he was the only one that was telling them the truth. Word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of facts about a person or situation. Facts that not have been acquired through any human means. Facts that are actually acquired by a revelation of the Holy Spirit revealing it in you about the person. Wisdom is incredible insight. People who have this kind of wisdom, there is no question in the body members' minds that this person is well connected to the mind of Christ. There's no question. When it comes to word and knowledge, that's when they're specific. Remember the murder story that I told you? And in that session, I'm sitting there and God gives this word of knowledge to me, ask him about murder. And I had no clue what God was talking about. And within moments, he says to me, you don't think I did it, do, do you? I still didn't know what he was talking about. I said, no, not really. I had no clue what I was talking about. And he dumps this entire, entire murder story of his wife murdering my best friend. Eight years earlier. That's a word of knowledge. I get those all the time. Someone's sitting there in my office, moving their lips, and I'm going, they're lying, lying, lying. The truth that needs to come out on the table is whatever knowledge God gave. But see, they can't handle that. As most, 90% are going to get up and not come back because they can't handle words of knowledge. It's like standing in front of Christ and he's just piercing through your wicked lies and he's saying, this is what's really going on, woman. Don't lie to me. How many would raise their hand and say, I would lie to the face of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I've never had a hand go up yet. And we all do it. The purpose, the manifestation of this is often used by the Lord to reveal hidden sin. Some examples of this are when God revealed to Nathan David's adultery, for example. To Jesus for the Samaritan woman and her sins. And the stories go on and on and on in regard to this supernatural ability of God doing the revelation. The book of Revelation is a book of the word of knowledge to the world. Liar, liar, pants on fire going on around you all day long, every day. Churches two blocks away are dropping into the pit of hell and people just don't care. They don't care. They just move on to another fellowship. They move on to something that they can't accept and they just don't care. And that's what's happening to the entire world. 
Listeners, if you are in countries where you are warring against the purification of the true church, I'm telling you, you're never going to find one until you become a teacher and preacher who receives direct messages from the Lord through the Holy Spirit as the mind of Christ into your mind and you're preaching truth that is pure from the mind of Christ. You do anything in or outside of that, you're doing nothing but promoting a church that is misleading people. That's the facts. God also uses this manifestation to reveal thoughts of others in time of need or warning. And this is how Jesus knew the thoughts of the scribes. A word of knowledge often occurs just before a healing takes place. Mine happened yesterday when God said, I got contacted by a board member. And he wanted to know if Marcos was going to be showing up at church. Well, my board member knows me quite well, even though he lives in California, he knows me quite well. And I said, I think so, I'll check. So I text Melissa and find out if Marcos was coming in the morning and she said, yes, we'll be there. Soon as the text, and here it is, all the stuff we can't see, but we openly accept it. Soon as that text showed up as, yes, we will be there, is when the Lord said to me, pray over him. Contacted the board member and I said, yes, it's been confirmed he's coming and I will pray. See, that's how it works. But you've got to be hearing. You've got to be listening to be moved in such a way. The overall purpose of this manifestation word of knowledge is to bring healing into the hearts, minds, and oftentimes the bodies of God's children. Here's faith, folks. The manifestation of faith is a supernatural surge of confidence. Confidence that is literally the confidence of Christ in you. Flowing from the Holy Spirit within the the believer, excuse me, when faced with specific God-ordained circumstances. You can literally look at this person going through a horrible, traumatic situation and know they're going to be fine. And if you say that to them, they're going to think, oh boy, you really care. I'm really in need of someone crying with me right now, wallowing in my muck, and you're talking all this strong faith stuff. Fact is, those are the people we want the most around us who speak forth not soft emergence, but faith statement. God told me you will be fine. The manifestation is God, this manifestation is God taking action on the starting point of the word of knowledge. So you have this incredible word of wisdom. There's a word of knowledge that is planted. And then this manifestation of faith is stepping out. And that's what brings it out. It is the act of the Holy Spirit being obedient to the Heavenly Father's command through the believer. This manifestation is the mountain-moving response of God to which Jesus and Paul referred a movement of God stimulated by God to bring what is in the unseen world to the world we now live in. If our eyes could be opened up to the unseen world of everything that is already laid out for you, going back to our initial discussion, Godship sovereignty is saying I have scripted my own life and that's the way I'm going to live it. I don't care what you say. That person can be as about as nice as you possibly can meet. 
They could have such good-looking flesh that you couldn't believe that that would be actually what they're saying. But that's what they're saying. Now, if the curtain was pulled back into the spiritual warehouse of what's available to God's children, and we see, literally see, the ministry that God has called for us, and all of the provisions necessary to bring that into our reality, well, we wouldn't need much faith, would we? We just say, give me that. That's what I want. But that's not how God does it. He keeps the curtain closed so that by faith we have to reach into a world we can't see, open the palm of our hand, and receive something that we have no clue what it is until it comes into our seen world. How many people do you know that live like that? That's what's being talked about here. You see, Jesus was able to go through his entire ministry knowing, having handed to him what this is all for. But the details of what he would have to go through, there's no evidence that the Father revealed that to him. He had to learn obedience from the things that he suffered. That's what locks faith into place, is suffering. If you think that God is against you or he's throwing too much at you, you have no clue what I'm talking about today. You have no clue. Suffering is what locks your faith down. Purpose. Faith comes during times of danger. God uses this manifestation to remind his children of his holy protection. He uses it to remove evil spirits from indwelling or oppressing people. Although then it is usually accompanied by a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and even discerning of spirits. Have you ever been in a prayer gathering where there was a discerning of spirits being manifested? A discerning of spirit, you literally know the spirit from the devil that has been put upon this person. Many can call him by name. Janie and I were shopping one day. We walked into the grocery store. She walked over to the produce, which is normally where she starts, and I walked over with her. And I was standing there in front of a bunch of carrots and fruit. And I had the air sucked out of my lungs. I could hardly breathe. I knew exactly what that was. I, I get that more often than I used to. I knew there was a spirit in the store that had to be dealt with. And I am not a demon behind every bush kind of minister, believe me. So I leave Jane and I walk around that aisle and there was a lady in pure black, black shoes, black socks, black skirt, black hair, black, black eyes. This woman was dark. I was at the end of the aisle. She was looking at labels or something in the middle of the aisle. We locked eyes and there was this spiritual battle that immediately began to occur. And I decided that moment to do exactly what the Lord was telling me to do, and that is walk her right out of the store. So I started walking toward her. She put the item on the shelf, started freaking out, leaves the aisle. So I decided, well, I'm not going to chase her down and you know turn it into a game. So I went back and joined Jane. 
But I was always aware of where is she in the store. Well, we come to checkout. She's in one checkout lane, and when Jane was getting ready to go through another one, I said, let's move over here. And I stood right behind her as she was checking out. She was shaking. We had never met, didn't have a single word exchanged to each other. She was freaking out. And the lady, the cashier, says, are you okay? She says, give me, give me my change. She's just freaking out. And I'm just standing there. And she bolts out of the store. Lord showed me something very powerful that day. This manifestation is alive and well. Any Christian can have it. Most do a blow-by. I don't want to deal with that world. Really? If you don't want to deal with it, they're dealing with you. Whoops. Faith is often used by the Lord to display God's power and His presence. See, it took that action of faith to respond to that manifestation to step forward to walk towards that evil presence because light chases away darkness. Does it not? Light chases away darkness. We believe it with light bulbs, but how come we have a hard time believing it in a checkout stand? It does work. Water walking is just one of the many ways that God calls out believers to join him where he is at work and many times in an impossible, absolutely impossible environment. How in the world could Peter get out of that boat, walk on water, join Jesus? How could this be? when he wasn't even saved. What did, you, what did Peter say when he stood up? Telling you, I'm, I'm handing you, listeners, please listen very, very carefully, because I am handing you a golden key. He stood up and he said, it's an identity statement, if it is you, Lord, if it is you, Lord, call me and I will come. That's the answer to your question, Mike. You see, first there's got to be an identification of, I know this is my Jesus, call me and I will come. And literally the impossible occurred for Peter until he got out to be with Jesus. He started to sink and what did Jesus say to him? Peter, Peter, you guys fill in the rest. Peter, Peter, why did you doubt? This manifestation cannot be blended with doubt. Can't. And the scriptures actually say that, G, that Peter fixed his eyes upon the storm and became startled. I don't know if you know this about Peter, but he was a very trained fisherman. In fact, we have now uncovered the fact that Peter was probably one of the wealthiest fishermen of his day, if not the wealthiest. He knew the seas like no other. And what was it that started freaking him out, causing the doubt, his thing he was actually the best at? Not I, but Christ. It's a beautiful story of the identification truths. But see, Peter wasn't saved yet. Of course he was going to doubt. Here is our identity statement for today. Word of wisdom. 
knowledge and faith is required where healings are required. Without these manifestations, people would never experience miracles such as physical, emotional, or spiritual healings. Please email me this week, online listeners, because I am very interested in hearing your questions, and I promise you I will pray over them and uh, get back with you. And I believe there are some of you under conviction here today for using God like he's some kind of a a tool out of your toolbox. You sign God's name to ministries that don't exist in heaven and you're under conviction and you need someone to confess that to. I will pray over you. We will get this behind you. And I will lead you to the God of reconciliation. I will help you fine-tune your ministry because... He is about accomplishing his work in and through us. It's not your ministry. It's not your clever ideas. If, uh, if someone who is supposed to be in a war and they have a commanding officer and this very bright young man has got these brilliant ideas about how to better fine-tune this mission that has been given to them, goes out on his own, and starts carrying out his own individual mission? What is going to happen to such a bright young man who is an incredible warrior, who's not quite carrying out the commanding officer's orders, which he got from the Pentagon? I'll tell you what my father said to me one day when I asked him about such a problem. He says, we shoot them. He says, that is the true definition of a black op officer is you take them out. Because they're endangering not just all the other guys, they're endangering the mission of the Pentagon, which is the message of the president. We don't live in a society anymore where you listen to your officer. We don't. Everyone's got their own Christian ideas of running out there and carrying it out on their own. And then they wonder why they get shot down by the enemy. So I will pray for you. I will help you the best that I can. And if I don't have the answers for you, I will go find them. So please email me at drfinney at iomamerica.org and I will get back with you. Father, we want to thank you for this incredible message of manifestations. And Father, as I pray that we move forward with this topic, that there would be a richness of Christ Jesus revealed in and through your children. We just ask now, Father God, that anyone who is struggling, that they would move forward to go talk to someone, quit lying to themselves, acting like everything's okay, but get things taken care of. So we just thank you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.